At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Tuesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Uh, so basically for today, we'll just try to digest what happened yesterday and sort of take stock of where that leaves us for today. Uh, looking at the overnight action, we're getting a bit of a relief rally here, especially in oil. So we'll talk about that and sort of where it leaves us here. Heading into what will surely be another volatile day in the markets, our guest, Nick Shaheen, he will join us at 8 to 35. He is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Joel, um, I almost hate to ask, but what's happening here overnight? It's good to ask on a day like this, Spencer. We're up 115 handles at 2862.75. Good old proposed task cut is leading us back above the former low of the move at 2853.75. Would love, 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 love to see us close above that today. It's definitely a possibility at this point. 2879. I had to add some levels. Uh, believe it or not, Friday's low, 2898 even. I'm sure a lot of people would love that another 37 handles on the S&Ps. Crude rebounding today up 333 at 34.43. Uh, you have gold going. I'm sick of gold here. I might dump my gold position. Down 1290 at 1662.90. Silver going the opposite way up uh, 1.5%. Just uh, 2.6 cents at 17.08. Bitcoin up $250, getting back above 8,000. Uh, that's at 8,100. Triple D, would you say you don't look a gift horse in the mouth? It's just you don't look a gift rally in the mouth. I think so. I mean, I've been selling every rally, and it's been right every single time. So not buying the dips. I've been selling rips. So if you bought stocks yesterday into the weakness, Probably a time to turn around and, you know, look at maybe getting out of them already. I mean, some of these energy stocks are up 20% here this morning. So obviously they got just annihilated yesterday, but just go to the XOP. I mean, it's a nice bounce back. It's up 27% this morning because oil's getting a little bit of a lift. It was overdone maybe yesterday. So a little bit of what Spencer set off the hop, but just a relief rally here. 
I don't think this is the turn. I don't think, you know, some people think that was it. That was the capitulatory event yesterday, and now we're off to the races. I, I don't think so. I mean, we've people have said that three, four times already. I don't <laughs> think this is over yet. The reason for that is I don't just look at technicals. I look at potential headlines coming, and this virus is still spreading, and it's going to start spreading more rapidly, you've got to think, because we're gonna. it already is spreading. We just aren't testing. So um, what I did do yesterday, though, was I did da, da, sell da, my books. So I decided at this point in time, I don't want to be short the market anymore. And obviously we knew, you know, I, I've been talking about my put position there for the last month. We're almost 20% down yesterday. I was like, it's now time to not be short anymore. I'm not getting long, but I don't want to be short anymore. So I did sell my puts yesterday into the, you know, into the weakness. Those are looking like a really good sale here this morning because of the pop. Um, I'm not going to reinitiate those because like I said, I've got a lot of cash in my portfolio. I do want to eventually start buying some stocks too. But the first thing I was going to do before I start buying stocks was sell my puts. So I'm out of my puts. So now I am market neutral in my trading account. Um, obviously still long-term invested, but sitting with 70% cash, which is an uncomfortable position for me. I like to be around 30% cash. So all that cash needs to be put to work at some point in time. We know I talked about it for a month. I raised cash from the last week of January to the second week of February, three weeks early, because we continued to rally up there and I was, banging myself on the head because I was selling around 328 spy and we went to 338 and I was like man these were bad sales I'm like I keep questioning am I going to be wrong but it ended up uh, it ended up being good sales at the end of it question is do I get back in before we start rallying <laughs> right uh good old George Italy shuts down the country and we're doing tax cuts I mean I, you know I, I I don't know I mean as far as a long-term perspective of the market. I think we talked about this yesterday. There are, you know, there are rebounds. And um, yeah, if you bought stuff yesterday and you're hitting targets today, take it, man. Uh, take it. I, I think, I, I don't be, yeah. What did you don't say? Be don't be shy. Yeah. Don't, because we've seen this market rally a thousand, lose a thousand, rally a thousand, lose a thousand. We're up 1200 points here. I would say don't be greedy is what I would say, especially on the long side. Um, you know, you come back in from a technical perspective, we are still very, very weak here. We are broken, even if you just want to talk technicals. So I think you're getting a pop here because all of a sudden Trump has taken a different stance. I mean, he tweeted out the ridiculous tweet yesterday with that, with that every other single human being on the face of the planet keeps tweeting at me when I talk about the coronavirus. Oh, it's just the flu. The flu kills more people. We've done the math on this show a hundred times, it's anywhere from 10 times more deadly than the normal flu to 30 times more deadly. If it infected as many people as the normal flu, 10 to 30 times more deaths. So you're comparing apples and oranges. Trump tweeted that out. I think people, um, I, I think there obviously some people talked to him about that tweet because he took a major heat in the media for that tweet. And now you look and he's got a press conference and it was a, a, a different tone last night. He's like, we know this is serious. We're going to be handling it. Um, it was a completely different tone. So now that, you know, he's talking more serious, but I think the market likes that, that, hey, they're going to try to do something. They're going to, you know, they're on this. They don't just think this is just brush it off. So that's good news. That's good news for the market. That's a reason we're bouncing back here this morning. We're the not, bad we're news is the thing is still right spreading. Now. We're actually tanking right now. Yeah, why? I don't know. I'll, I'm looking right now. 
we're going down pretty good. I mean, tanking is, you know, a strong word. Yeah, I'm but sorry. I'm sorry. But, but we, we just dropped 10. 10 handles feels like a lot, Joel, because for, for, for more days. But in this market, it's probably just normal trading. I'm it's sure. funny. It's funny because yeah. I talk yeah. It does feel, though. I agree with you. It does feel like a little bit of a tank here. But I, I was – I was thinking we were going to go back and uh, oh, hey, wait, wait, Here we go. Here we go. The White House is not ready to roll out a virus economic proposal. So, oh, God. You're... That's from CME. It's from CNBC. Oh, so. Jesus Christ. Okay. We'll watch her language here. So Sorry, Sorry about that. Here. I apologize. Um, but <laughs> it's re- getting, you know, so oh, I don't know if they just want to manipulate the markets higher. Now the market's rallying. So like, oh, let's just cool this off a little bit here. We may not need to do this because the market's rallying. There you Stop go. being market dependent and start looking at the issues out here. I, I don't know if a stimulus helps the problem anyways. The market applauded it. Obviously yesterday, or obviously last night when, you know, when we've heard about this, and that's why we started rallying significantly last night. But again, this is not really a financial problem here. Yes, oil is a problem. And that's a new problem for this market. But the coronavirus is still the, the cloud, the, the big problem here. And I don't know if money throwing money at this solves the, the, the fact that people, some people are going to be scared to leave their homes. I mean, I've bought a lot of supplies here. Um, even even myself, because you know what? I don't know what's going to be happening. I don't know. Like, if you look at Italy, they're on full lockdown now. Well, I don't want to be in my house with my two kids and not have some supplies. So I've got about a seven or $800 worth of food we went and bought um, in, in canned goods, stuff that's not going to spoil. And the freezer is as full as the freezer can get. We got a big stand-up freezer. Our pantry is so full that we took books off the bookshelves and put all the food on the bookshelves too. So I just think if it doesn't, if I don't need it, well, eventually you'll eat that stuff anyways, or you can do a donation to, you know, there's lots of good charities out there that take canned goods. But if you do need it, then we got it. So that's my thoughts. Okay. Um, can I do a little rant? Uh, yeah, aside, always. A, a we love rant. other people doing rants. Uh, did you see the horse racing news yesterday? No. Uh, can't, can't say I follow the horses as closely as you do. This know. is a big story. Big, big story. Spencer, you want to recap it? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I guess that's what we're doing now. Okay. Um, we could talk about other things. We just we don't like have horses. to talk yeah. about the coronavirus. Well, what happened with the horses? Sure. Uh, Joel likes his horses. Yeah, Joel, nah, not as much. He loves like his horses. So the Southern District of New York, uh, you know, the um, biggest district attorney uh, uh, area in the country, indicted 27 people for illegally doping racehorses. One of those, uh, uh, those, one of those indicted was a trainer of maximum security who you may remember. Uh, he would have been the winner of the Kentucky Derby if not for his, uh, disqualification there for interference. So one of the most notable, uh, racehorse trainers of the past few years has been indicted. So that's why Joel's upset. Yeah. And I'm, I'm upset. I'll just give you a little history on this. Uh, I, I grew up, I grew up with the racehorses. My dad owned harness horses from actually, I got a picture I've showed the guys in the office from May of 1963. I was born in October of 63. And there's a picture of my mom. I in the winter circle at Washington park in Chicago with Mr. Dudley. So I grew up on the racehorses. My dad had stables of horses, we bred horses, we read, uh, had harness, I mean, you know, had 8, 10, 12, you know, racing at one time, it was big old stable, and it was fun. I used to get to miss school because I would 
fly different places, go see the horses race. Really big part of my life. And the older I got, also my dad uh, represented the Michigan Harness Horsemen's Association for over 40 years. And he's in the Michigan Racing Hall of Fame. And that and a nickel will get you a cup of coffee. <laughs> and the older I got, my dad become he just, we own less and less horses, less and less horses. And finally, when I was in college, I'm like, dad, I'm like, you know, what, you know, you represent the horsemen. We've been doing this. And I'm telling, this is when I was in college. So this is the eighties. And he said, I go, why, why don't we, you know, what happened to our stable and everything varsity acres? He goes, I don't want to be involved in chemical warfare. And he told me that at 20 some years ago. And then when the off track betting came in, that crushed the industry. Um, and now this, and I'm not official yet, but I may not bet on the Kentucky Derby. I'm so disgusted by this. This is such horrible news. And the only reason I'm saying it, I have no position in Churchill Downs, CHDN. Uh, but man, I hope that thing rallies because I'd love to get a position in it. And, uh, you know, so keep an eye on that stock. It's just a horrible thing. You'd like to get Yeah. Yep. Um, just absolutely just terrible news for uh, for animals, animal cruelty. These people should go to jail, be locked up in jail. And I mean, what they were doing, they were creating new drugs. No one no one could track it because they were creating these new drugs. And uh, man, oh, man, I just uh, to me, it just of all the bad news yesterday. I thought that was horrible news. They've hit, <laughs> and me and Spencer probably didn't realize the news until Joel. Spencer's told us. the one. Out Spencer's, of all the bad news yesterday, Corona, coronavirus, the oil slide, but the horse is doping. That's the worst. Yeah, an aviator <laughs> once said it hit track, you. It hit you close to home. Yep, off track betting. Uh, he's saying ruined the sport of kings. My dad fought his AWS off uh, to get uh, to fight against off track wagering. And I don't know if it's still the same way, but the, the horsemen in Michigan, I don't know if there's any left because there's closing all the tracks. They were lead, They received the largest percentage of the off-track wagering out of any horseman in the country because my dad fought for it. So be careful. Keep an eye on CHDN. I know we do a lot of rants. People are probably not too happy with that one, but man, oh man, I, I write about the Kentucky Derby. I, you know, I love it. I watch it with my family. I have mint juleps and man, is this tainted. So anyways, back to the markets. All right. You just learned about your horses. So we teach I love the horses, man. I, I go on my hockey rants. You're allowed to do a horse rant every once in a while. So again, back to the markets. Uh, we've now rallied back some of those losses that we had. Um, or some of those uh, that just from the recent sell-off that they're saying that they might not roll this out as quickly as maybe the market would like. I don't know what to say. Like from day to day, it's very difficult to predict this market. It's up a thousand. It's down a thousand. It's down two thousand. It's up a thousand. I mean, it's quadruple digits every single day. I would just say fading the moves has worked in both directions. It's been a little bit better to fade the rip because the trend has been down, so it's been a little bit easier that way. But again, the dips have worked multiple times here too. So I can't argue with you, you know, on these 2,000 point down days by the dip. But if you're buying stocks, when we're ripping up 1,000 points, you're doing it backwards. So if you want to buy stocks, you'll wait for that 1,000 point down day because you know what? You're going to get another one again. I'm not saying it's going to happen today, but even if we rallied 1,000 again, you know, another 1,000, say we get it all back, we'll probably have 1,000 down day tomorrow. So I, I don't think, again, what Anne-Marie said, it doesn't appear we're V-bottoming. I mean, not from the first bottom because that's nope. been taken out. 
So this is still a battleground. And in battlegrounds, when you're in battleground trading, it's best to be a fader, fading the big moves. So today you get a rip your face off rally and all these oil stocks and the banks that were just crushed yesterday. I think it's a relief pop. And if I was long these things, I'd be using it to lighten up. Initiating shorts is always tough. I mean, you know, this thing can go and it's been a tough environment to just say, you know, to, to, to control risk management if you're on a day trading perspective, but you do your best and, you know, obviously anything you put on, you try to control the risk as best as you can. Right. And, uh, and I should have mentioned this at the top of the show, uh, just to throw, you know, another monkey wrench into the machinery. It's rollover this week, right? Yeah. So you're going from the your second Wednesday of the month. So you're rolling over from your, your March to the June. So everyone that has a long in the March and they want to keep that long, they got to sell the March and buy the June and then vice versa. So what that does as they transition the volume, it creates pockets in the market because the volume is spread between two places. And actually, I don't know if I can remember any guys that, um, you know, used to just trade the spread. Like they, they wouldn't come on the floor until the rollover. And that one guy was Howard Siegel. I remember Howard Siegel, E-G-L-E. He used to come and he would just trade that spread because it narrows and it widens between, you know, obviously it's going to contract and they're going to be at the same price at expiration, but there's a lot of funky things that go on in between. So that is, uh, that is creating the extra volatility um, in the market. So the rollover is just another, another thing going on. So uh, I'll stick with my March numbers through the end of the week. I will transition to the June numbers on Friday. On Monday, Monday that is. So individual stock news, there's a little bit. One I just want to start with was the deal is back on the table. So oh, a gift yes. to everyone for the last three days, Cypress Semiconductor, which they thought the deal was falling apart. It fell apart in a wicked way for the risk garbs. I mean, if you were just paying that and holding on for the cash deal, it's not, never that great of an idea to sit around for the last 20 or 30 cents. Punished severely in the last three days while well, you're getting all your money back here yep. because the deal is apparently back on the table. Spencer Israel, what's the headline? This was the deal that was announced uh, June back in June 3rd, on June 3rd, that uh, Cypress would be acquired by Infineon. And then as Dennis mentioned a couple of days ago, a uh, report came out that maybe there was na some national uh, security concerns and that appears to have been uh, not significant enough to warrant uh, anyone to block the deal because this morning CFIUS, the Committee on Foreign Investment in the U.S., has determined that there are no unresolved national security concerns and the merger can go ahead for Infineon to buy Cyprus. It still has to get approved by China, so it's not completely a done deal yet, but they're pricing in that it's almost a done deal, obviously bouncing all the way back there. So impressive move uh, for if you were just were jumping in and saying, I think the deal still gets done you're rewarded handsomely with almost a 50% gain here overnight. So congratulations. I, I, in normal market environments, I probably would have got down and dirty potentially in that too. I, I looked at it a couple of times, know. but I'm like, okay, it's back to where it was. And normally I like that, but the market has been just, you know, yep. really beat up really since this. So is it really back to where it was? And <laughs> you know, that's why I laid off. And obviously that was a mistake. Yeah, uh, me too. And I, I remember looking at it and I had it on my front uh, quote watch and I took it off. And I mean, if you would have done it the first day, you would have 
you know, I had a haircut and really been rethinking things the second and third day. But like you said, under normal market circumstances, that was certainly uh, something something to keep an eye on. And I and, think and also, just to, I just want to, you know, because some people might not realize that strategy. So uh, I've I've employed this strategy for a decade, where when you have a rumor about a stock getting taken over. And it pops up like 20, 30% on the rumor, but then nothing materializes. If it drifts back down to the place where it was prior to the rumor, and if the rumor is still, you know, not been like, if they say, no, it's a no deal, then the rumor's gone. But if the rumor's still out there, I often buy the stock when it gets back to where it was, because I'm like, if that rumor materializes, that there's something to it, sometimes with the smoke, there's fire, I'm not taking the risk of, you know, buying the thing of 20, 30%. I'm buying it where it was before, even before the rumors. So I almost feel like it's like a, you know, a little hidden call option in the stock. Um, so CY would have set up perfectly for that because the, the deal wasn't dead. The deal was just, you know, they were worried that the deal was going to be killed. So it would have been a normal setup. But again, I wasn't buying anything in this market environment because I'm too nervous about stocks overall. But in a normal market environment, that's set up really well. Right. And, uh, yeah, you've taught, I remember you pulling that trick with, um, was it Lorillard? Remember that? I, I've, I've had it a couple times to work out for me. Yeah, I think yeah. it was. I think it was Lorillard way back when it got taken over by, who bought that? British Tobacco? Back a couple of years. Yeah. Yep. I don't know if it was British. I can't remember. Ah, whatever. Tobacco. It was one of them. I think it was overseas. Anyways, the, the stock, so just to recap, I, I'm, I'm getting the prices probably wrong, but Laurel Art used to be LO, and it was 57. And rumors came out that it was going to get bought, and it went to like 67 of these rumors, and then it drifted down for the next three or four weeks, went all the way back down to the 57 price. I'm like, you know what? I'll go for it, like with that strategy. And two days later, it got taken over, I think, for like 70 or 80. So it does work sometimes, and you know, obviously you still have market risk involved with that, but um, sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire, and that's what that strategy is. Uh, that's a good segue here into a, a merger. We should talk about. What do we got? Uh, we got I, I missed the merger. What do you got? Spencer, are you around? Uh, yes, I am around. What merger are you referring to? You working today? You taking a day off? I think he's done too. Is there a merger that I no, 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 missed? No, 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 oh, no. you know. No, I'm here. I'm here. Uh, What's so the merger? Uh, it was, uh, well, this was announced yesterday though. So it, it was oh. Aon and Willis Towers, AON. Oh yeah. Yeah. A -A okay. I'm sorry. I just, uh, that's, what I, that's what I think Joel's referring to. That was announced yesterday morning, but we didn't, we didn't get a chance to. Yeah. So that was yesterday morning. So yeah. that's yesterday's news. Let's go to today's news. We had one major earnings event from last night and holy cow, did they choose the wrong night to report? <laughs> I yes. mean, and you know, you could say, oh yeah, it's up 10, you know, that doesn't hold water. But last night we were down another 30 handles after almost a 2000 point Dow day. They were smacking stocks no matter what, pretty much last night after the bell and SFIX comes out and reports and holy bash central. Yeah, let me pull up the the numbers here uh, as my internet is being a little bit slow, but oh, there we go. So Stitch Fix reported yesterday after the close, as you mentioned, Dennis, uh, their EPS uh, actually beat and their sales missed. Uh, as you can expect, they didn't, did not give good guidance numbers. And really, even if they had, I mean, the numbers don't really matter in a market like, like we're in right now, but uh, it was a mixed quarter for Stitch Fix. And their uh, Q3 sales guidance was light. Their fiscal year sales guidance was light. And uh, that's pretty much all you need to know. A light sales outlook in this environment does not do you any favors. No, it does not. And SFIX was worse last night. A little bit of lift with yeah. the overall market. 
1485. How low did we get last night? Uh, uh, the second 15 minute bracket, you took it to 1187. I believe I mean, that's the, that was the new all time low, I believe. Yeah. I mean, you, not wrong. let me see yeah. here. Let me take yeah, a I'm look. I'm going back. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, it's even oh, below yeah. the all time low rate. Well, actually, it's back above the all time IPO of day 1448. It got to. Yeah. So, we, so it's back above that price. So keep an eye on that 1448 because that's the old all time low. Maybe that can hold, but obviously trade down significantly below that. Tough it's creeping. Trade. I mean, you're talking to a you know a a couple guys here that like are horrible dressers and you know. (laughs) What do you mean? You don't. Well, I got a nice fancy shirt. You come over with a nice shirt. Yeah, but those jeans you wear wear over to those jeans you wear over to the office—they're all ripped at the bottom. I wear those lucky at the bottom. Lisa won't even let me wear those out of the house, and you wear them to the office. Yeah, I mean, and plus, I need someone to—they—they shop for you, right? They they send you uh, like outfits based on like an algorithm like like what they think you'll. That's want. what Stitch Fix does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could use that service, but the only thing is I don't <laughs> care. I buy all my clothes cheap, like at Kohl's. Right. Like <laughs> they like they send you clothes that they, they think you'll like, and you can return it if you don't like it, and they'll send you more. But it is a it's a subscription, and you're paying oh. to get new clothes, essentially new outfits. Dennis, Dennis Kohl's. I thought I thought you were still in garage sales. Uh, I don't wear my clothes from garage sales. I'm too, you know how I am with. Oh, like, that's where you buy stuff, your so. kids' toys. Is the garage kids' sales. toys come from garage sales, and we bleach I, the heck out of that plastic toys when we get <laughs> we we take them in. They don't touch anything. Oh man, I'm even laughing at my own jokes. That's bad. Yeah, uh, the toys. It's creeping. It's creeping back. You know, if I was short, I would say, man, I think I missed the low. I tried to throw some bids out there, um, not thinking of getting long at any point, but. Yeah, we're just creeping up. There's a patient buyer. I mean, you might have some people that see it down and like, oh, I need to sell on the open. So you might get a little a whoosh down on that. But uh, right now, I just call it a very, very patient step up buyer here, trying to bring in a short or maybe even they want to um, attempt a long in this one. Uh, Dennis, I'm curious what yesterday morning was like for you. It was a historic morning for everyone. We haven't had yeah. a we haven't had a, a, a limit down uh, in the market since 1997. Yeah. So there are, you know, basically everyone who's who's joined the markets uh, since then hasn't experienced a day like like yesterday, um, and he, including you. So, like, what was yesterday morning like for you? We used to have a lot of limit downs. This would have been late <laughs> 90s, early 2000s. It used to be fun. 35 points. Remember, Joel? Yeah, 35 points. We limit down, limit down, limit down. But it's been a long time, like you said, really since the trading of it. And we did have limit down when Trump. We did hit limit down after hours, but that wasn't during the regular session. Right. I meant during the session. But during the regular session, it has been a lot of years. Um, it actually took me by surprise because I knew that was on the table. And, and the rules have changed too, right? So this was new rules. So you can't like go by you know, what was happening 20 years ago. So Joel mentioned the rules and mentioned that if we go down 7%, we're going to halt. So it was so weird because we were trading down 7.5. We're trading the entire pre-market session. And then if we were, and the rule is, which is so weird, that, you know, during the regular session, if we fall 7%, we'll halt for five minutes. Or if we're we're down 7% for more than five minutes, then we'll have a 15-minute halt. So here we are. We trade 4, 5, 6, 7, 8 a.m., 9 a.m. with no impediment. Markets are performing very well. We open at 9.30. The market starts rallying. We're actually going up. 
but we don't get up high enough to get above that 7%. And then they yep. halt it at 9.35 for 15 minutes. And it was just absurd because the markets weren't even, it, it, we were performing very well. We were actually rallying at the time that they actually halted it. But just because we opened so low that it never got above that 7% threshold. So I was under the impression that we we're going to halt the mini. I didn't know they were going to halt the entire market. So at 835, I'm like trading out of, or 935, I'm trading out of my stocks. I'm like, they halted the whole market on that? I'm like, spy's still good to go. I didn't think that they were halting the whole market. Again, so we learned the hard way. I mean, I guess I got to read the fine print. I knew they were going to halt the E-mini, but I did not know that they were going to halt the entire market because after hours, obviously, they halt the E-mini, but they didn't halt all the stocks when we were limit down because SPY still opened happily at 4 a.m. When, when, the, when the regular stocks opened for their session. So, so weird to be, um, you know, in that experience. And then I'm panicked. I'm like, I hope the Fed or something doesn't say anything during this 15 minutes because I'm actually short right now. I'm not entirely hedged. So... Anyways, uh, that, that was, you know, a weird experience. Um, obviously, something that doesn't happen every day, these 7% moves. But now we know. You learn the hard way. We're just, I mean, I just, we're just falling out of bed here. I mean, I, I Again, said it before. Again, it's 10 handles and we're up 90. So, you know, it's, it's this feeling. We're like 50 we, off the high. We're 50 off the pre-market We're high. still up 90. So, when I went to we're falling out of bed, but we're giving back some of the gains. Exactly. Again, I'm just going to say. This market has been the fade trade has been the play when we're up 150 S&P points. Well, we're, we're up at the most, 140, 140 S&P points overnight. Yeah, add 50 and 80, 130 when I went to 100, school. 130 S&P points overnight. Take the gains and run. That's what yeah. I would say is take the gains and run because this market has a tendency, especially on the long side, to quickly give back its gains. And we've seen this again and again and again. There's been lots of opportunities to jump in stocks but it's been uh, it's been a tricky environment if you're chasing in this environment you've been losing money fade trade's been the play yeah um for me i mean i you know you look you try and look at like you're trading and, and you try and say you know what did i do wrong you know like what what could i have done better and you know i like to base a lot of my my trades on the open right something dennis that we talked about a lot you know, um, you know, over the years, opening price. Well, the problem was is you had a 6 p.m. open, and then you had you basically had three opens yesterday, right? Because you had your opening print at 6 p.m. Yeah. Then you had your opening off the hall, right? Yeah. And then you had another opening, and I dr I didn't drill down on um, you know, on a minute chart, and our third open was 27.44. And I had a level of 27.35 that I kind of pulled out of nowhere. And I did have the guts. I did have the guts on the way down to buy that. And then, you know, I scrambled. I'm like, well, where was that open? And, the, and by the, you know, maybe if we came back up through that third open. And by the time, like, I figured it out, we were at like 27.50, 27.60. And I'm like, okay. You know, it, but it was just like, we opened at 9.49. At 27.44, we went down to 27.15, and then boom, you were back above that opening print. How many times do you get a look at three opens? Not very often. But, weird uh, day. Yeah, yeah. It was a very weird day, very volatile day. There could be some more of these days in our future. The volatility is not going away. Um, you know, what does that mean? You know, when we still see the VIX, and the VIX is obviously still trading at 48, and obviously we're going to be down maybe a little bit here. Uh, well, we're 48 right now. Currently, we're 54 at the close yesterday. 
I, I think volatility is here to stay for a while until we start getting more clarity on where this virus is going. And obviously we have the oil concern now too. And I threw out that there's potential for financial crisis part two here too. And there is, I mean, if it gets, it starts getting ugly enough, that could be on the table. I'm not saying that's a probability. I'm just saying it's a possibility, but there's lots to think about. I mean, we said yesterday, if you're uncomfortable, you know, we're having too much cash, you're hundred percent cash. Maybe it's time to start nibbling. I did not nibble, but I got out of my shorts. So I did not want to be short this market at this point in time anymore. Now it's time, I'm market neutral. Now it's time to analyze, maybe start picking some stocks. Like I said, Qualcomm is one that's on my shopping list. It's rallying 73 bucks here today. It's not the day to buy it. Yesterday it's 72.64. Buy on dips, sell on rips. That's the best tips I can give you in this market. Quick, uh, quick question, Dennis. Do you know the latest time you can enter an opening order on NICE or NASDAQ? Or is that, I think. What are you, just, so, okay, so you're asking for the open? If you want to get an opening order in, yep. in an issue, yep. you, when do you got to get it in? New York will take them all the way until the stock opens. It, after 9.30, you have to mark, you can't market OPG though, but they will still accept it because New York is still manually open by the designated market maker on the floor. So sometimes they don't get the open. Some stocks didn't open for like five, six minutes yesterday, even 10 minutes because it was such a crazy open. They were trying to you know, get it all figured out. They're doing too many things and human beings do it. NASDAQ all opens because automated, done by the computers. You have to have your NASDAQ opening orders in by 9.28. That's the cutoff. After 9.28, designated market makers on the floor can still come in with their orders um, to get in there, but it's closed to most of your platforms. So unless you've got a market maker designation, you cannot enter opening orders and participate in that opening print after 928. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's bring on uh, our guest today, Nick Shaheen. He is the author of Create Income with Option Spreads. Nick, tell us what uh, your day was like yesterday. Oh, he's on mute. Very interesting. Very interesting. Very interesting. How so? Well, it was um, a whole bunch of um, new stuff. You know, we've lived through crashes, flash crashes, and, you know, locking up the screens when the Dow was falling a thousand points from a lower base. So, um, but yesterday we had little new dynamics in it where you, the oil curveball that hit us uh, 25% just added a nice little twist. Uh, the problem, the problem, I think, is uh, by the way, great information there in the pre-open from you guys as uh, as to how the market functions before the open. Um, but you know, we haven't seen this uh, many things going on at the same time from different angles. We've seen angles, we've seen financial crisis before, and this and that. But we have a virus. Uh, we don't have leadership around the world, so our imaginations are in control, and those can go wild. So I don't get the TP hoarding. Uh, you know, went to Costco, people have mounds and mounds of toilet paper in their carts and nothing but maybe some water. Like, how is this going to help you fight the virus? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the, like, if you're, I, I get food, some canned foods. I, I, I get you got to have toilet paper, but maybe they're just thinking that You'd think that they'd clean out the pharmacy. You know, that's well, yeah, what I would you're, clean you're out probably, in a virus. Well, maybe they just think that, oh, I'm going to be so nervous about this. I'm going to have so much anxiety. I'm going to be pooping 20 yeah. top five it, times a day. It, it gives you know. pneumonia. It doesn't give you the, the <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I don't get, you know, either. And to, to be honest with you, we're not seeing it in my area yet. You're seeing no fear out there yet. Yeah. So it's certain well, areas maybe. I'm, but in I'm Windsor, Ontario. Fear. I'm seeing illogical behavior. That same day, I left Costco and I went and ate at um, a salad bar place where you get your own yep. food and you know if i got there early and i was like wait I, 
is this like empty? Is this always dead like this? And then within 20 minutes, it was packed and it was all races. So it's not like somebody was avoiding yeah. a certain type of people from certain areas. And I was comfortable. I was like, you guys are here with kids. Nobody has a mask on. Nobody's grabbing Purell all the time. So it was, it was comforting, but there's illogical behavior. So, and we were perched high on the market. So it was, and we were rallying in January. And I was saying, I probably said it here. I was like, what are you rallying on? The PNLs are going to be decimated. We closed the biggest country, second biggest economy for months. And you expect it not to have an impact. And yet we had new highs and nobody was listening. And then suddenly they had a wake up call and whoosh, down we go. Um, so technically, I don't think we're done. Um, I think Joel sent me a question a while back that was pretty good, but that scenario is still in play. Um, we're pretty close to the December 2018 load for it not to be a magnet of sorts. So we will need intervention, fiscal intervention. Last night we got something. So it was not impressive, but it's, it's open. It tells us that they're open to actually spending some money on the streets. They took that off the table, Nick. Oh, they did. Oh, yeah. there you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, then I'm surprised. Oh, well, we're no. Oh, no, it was just a report. Again, nothing- Okay, I'm sorry. What yeah, news. there hasn't been there hasn't been a meeting yet. Questionable they're news. To, they're supposed to meet today. They haven't even met yet. Well, they didn't offer it yesterday. They said right. they were working on it. They said they're going to meet today to talk about it. Okay, so, I'm sorry. So I'm my point is that they they told us they're open to it. So until now, they haven't said anything like that. And and you know, if I was the president, I I would do something like, hey, you know, we've got a virus. We know it's bad. We have the best people on the planet. They're very well funded. We gave them eight and a half billion. We're ready to give them more. They're going to fix it. It'll take time. On the other hand, here's um, interest-free loans for any business that needs it, so it doesn't close its doors during the stuff period of time. We've seen this before. We can do it again. Just say that. Everybody will move on. Because everybody's freaked out about this or that, though they need to know that somebody's watching the wheels. And so, you know, we need to stop this imagination. That's why we rallied here last night. That's why we rallied because now all of a sudden it's like they're taking a little more serious and they're watching the wheels. So the market's more comforted to yeah. know that. And, and I think a little bit, you know, obviously we were sold off yesterday, but Trump tweeted out yesterday basically, did, you know, just saying that this is, you know, the normal flu kills yeah. more people. And, so, and people really attacked that tweet. I mean, he was under a complete attack for that, rightfully so, because he's not doing sense. the math. So everybody's, well, there is no math to be done. Are you kidding me? We don't have the denominator number. As soon as I mentioned it like a week ago. I, I want to cut you off though. There, there's definitely some math to be done. You can easily say this is higher death rate than 0.1%. I can't say that. How can you say that? How do you, where do you get your denominator number? We tested nobody in the U.S., we don't have the denominator number. There's no ratio. It's an I'm absolute number. I'm saying World Health Organization, 3.4%. I'm fairly comfortable. Where did you get that number from? I'd, fairly I'd comfortable, function. Nick. And I don't want to get an argument with you about this, yeah. but I fairly comfortable that the death rate on this is probably going to be uh, significantly higher than the seasonal flu. That's I, all I'm saying. It's not 3%. It's I, nowhere I, near Even if it's 0.5%, it's still yeah. five times the seasonal flu. Well, every, every, uh, every headline I read is so confusing. It just creates, you know, they say, okay, they found 15 new cases in China. Is that more or less? Show me a table. Show me a consistent. Um, the, the reports are so freaky that nobody can make sense of them. So we imagine the worst. And the fact that they report these ratios is very misleading. I think they should shut up and just track how many people are dying and how can we stop that from ha- uh, happening 
instead of just reporting numbers that don't make sense to anybody, anybody outside of actually the reporting agency. So Nick, the one thing is, is that we're not getting accurate information. That's we what I'm saying. That's the thing. Yeah, but that's my point. But the information that you're getting, yeah. okay, I mean, that's what they're implying these numbers are. Chances are the numbers are worse. Okay, I, I, I bet you anything, the numbers are way better. I, I'm willing I to bet you right. that lunch. I, I bet you right. that lunch. The you numbers, owe me a lunch? Whatever you want. Yeah, the lunch. The, the, numbers, <laughs> the numbers are way better because we don't know how many people right. are. We don't know how many people are infected. And luckily, the kids are so far immune, right? I don't think any kids died. I mean, in the U.S., you can't do any math in the U.S. at all. I completely agree yeah, with you. We don't point. have enough case numbers yeah. here. But you are getting some information from other countries now. I mean, China's starting to get past this. China, you know, I don't believe, believe any numbers, of the numbers out of China. I throw all of those out. Korea, South Korea probably has the best data because they have the most tests, I think. They tested like 100,000 people. So they have the best tests. And the last time I did the math there was the end of January data, and it was definitely under 1%. One percent is a big difference than zero point one percent. I know, I'm but I'm saying my, po my point. No, you, I'm listening. My point is we don't have a ratio. An estimate of a ratio is bunk, in my opinion. I used to be a numbers guy, and to me, to to tell me it's two percent, it's it's not. So don't tell me a number. I don't want to I'm know not a saying it's 2%. I'm not saying it's 3%. I'm saying it's significantly higher than 0.1%. And I think that's what the market is nervous about. T to me, so. I either know it or don't know it. I and that's fine. It. You don't yeah. trade on that. You trade on technicals. I trade on headlines. The reason that I went you know, and bought puts, the reason that I went and, and sat on this show for three weeks prior from end of January to early February is because the fatality rate was significantly higher than the flu. There was a trade there to be made money yep by looking at that fatality rate. Yeah. We trade different. You trade pure technicals. You don't look at that stuff. You don't bother yourself with the headlines. I was I'm short. Both work. I, I was short at the same time you were short for different reasons. Why, Why were you short? Because I knew, I knew people were going to freak out and they were going to shut down the world. Boom. It happened. That's, that was my reason. The PNLs were going to get hit and nobody was acknowledging it. Nobody. We set new highs. I was tweeting it. I was like, how could you set new highs when you know we shut down the biggest country on the planet for two months at the time? They had uh, the news. And we were saying the same thing on this show. So Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. So I know the impact to the bottom line from this virus. It's devastating because we made it devastating. Everybody just said, I'm going nowhere. I'm touching nobody. I saw a guy at Costco who was wearing a face mask that was camo. He not only went and bought a face mask, he went and bought one that's got designs on it. <laughs> I don't even think we're there yet, though, Nick, over here, because where you, what you're seeing, maybe you're out in California and you're seeing people scared. Joel, I'm going on the streets here. I don't know what it's like in Detroit, but I go on Windsor. There's no fear here. There's none of that yet. Yeah, I asked I, my one buddy, he owns a retail store in Toronto. And he's like, I'm like, have your sales suffered at all? He's like, no, zero. He's like, nobody's talking about this. Yeah, but so uh, yeah. maybe it's going to come this way. But if you know, if you're <laughs> if you're predicting that there's going to be that fear, I think it's that's already still the there. Calm. I'm predicting Italy is shut down. Nobody's allowed to leave the house. The whole country today. Did you read that? The whole so, country. Uh, you need. I, you I need read a all the headlines. Statement. So what do we do here? We've sold off. So what are you, what are you calling on the market? So let's get your analysis I, here. This bounce. This it, bounce. It sounds to me like you're bearish. No, I'm saying that this bounce is um, predictable from past history. Somebody showed me a table like 100% of the days after now, after a big drop like that would be positive. It could sustain through Wednesday. But I'm saying to my people 
the, the scenario of 2,500 to 2,480 is not off the table. Technically, let me share, the SBX, it depends on where it closes, actually has an inverse head and shoulders that targets that. And it's, it's easy to see technically. So I'm taking the emotions out of it. And it is not crazy to expect more downside. So people are going in, oh, you know, we're going to have a V-shaped recovery. I don't think we will without major fiscal spending. And then really the biggest problem, the biggest problem is this. We are headed to zero interest rates based on the TNX charts, if not negative rates. As soon as they lost a uh, neckline not too long ago, um, Technically, it should be headed to zero because the, the, the target is below zero. So don't know if we're going to go to negative rates in the U.S. And then there's also the inverted, um, uh, the 10 to twos as far as uh, yield curve. They were tracking it when it was inverting. What does it mean when it spikes this much? So isn't that good for the banks and why are the banks falling? There's just too many unanswered questions for anybody to say with certainty we're doing this or we're doing that. Plus, so, it's the fun, so it's funny, we've been arguing for five minutes here and we're on the exact same side. We're on the exact same side. And, and, and my, my beef- it's Just different with, reasoning. Yeah, my beef with the argument is that these reports about the virus were eating into the media's hands with the, the shock factor. It's devastating that people are getting sick, but people are not dying at the same numbers from the regular flu. So we sh here's, here's, here's a proposition, report, the virus right next to the flu in one table. Then people can say, okay, this is something I know, the flu. Let me compare this to it. Let me see how it progresses. It's going to get worse. That's what people say. So let's see how it progresses. Wouldn't that be the smartest way of doing it? What we know, put the baseline, the regular flu, and put the unknown, the new flu, and let's see how it's going to progress. They're in the same family. Yeah, let me hop in here too. I mean, you know, um, agree. Great points, great argument, or great discussion, guys. Um, there are a lot of people that have it that are having like, like not even going to the doctor. Like, there's That's people that there, there, there's people that that um, you know, that have the flu. We, we've given this argument. We've, yeah. we've we've given the same argument that yep. Nick has a dozen times on the show. Yep. We don't so, know. So. If, if, you're a, uh, if, you're, if you report numbers to a CFO, for example, and you come to them with a huge unknown on a denominator of some ratio, would you present it as fact? Or would you say, I really have no data on this, but here's so far and it this might be This is what could happen. Off. I mean, no, yeah, but if you're not doing any math on it at all, then nobody's going to do anything the only, for a crisis if we're just no, completely ignoring it. No, no, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm, I'm not the one that needs to do the math. Let the professionals do the math. I need behind. to do the math because I tell you, I made a lot of money by doing the math back in January. Okay. So, so you're talking, it, you're it talking from a, I'm talking from a reporting purpose. Don't report what you don't know. That's what they're doing. They're reporting what they don't know. We don't know how many people have it. I bet you millions have it. I think so I, too. I read I so articles too. where it says it's going to kill 15 million people. And it's possible. From really smart people. These are people that I trust with everything. And they're telling me this could kill 15 million people in a year. So <laughs> I, I, I completely know. agree with that. So well, this is the same arguments that. that I've been giving. So, that, that's but, like, but, but you're reading those numbers too. So if you're not going to look at any numbers, I mean, then you're not coming up with that analysis that you just no, gave. You got to look looking, at some numbers. I'm looking at one number, death rate. 
the death, the number of death, the absolute number of death. It is unfortunate that we lost 15, 20, 30 people in the US. I don't know. Are we up to 20? I think 22 or something. 22. Okay, that's really the most important number. If that starts to be exponential, then that's the only real number we have. They cannot fudge that number. That number cannot be fudged. It Unless, you're be <laughs> Unless you're from China. Unless you're reporting on China. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I'll and say it, it. We've said it on the show. Know, I, I, and uh, it, it, don't quote me on this, but um, I talked to a physician that's uh, talked to another physician that said that they had a patient that died three years ago and they couldn't figure out what the person died from. Oh. And I don't know what kind of toxicology or whatever, what they did, but that, you know, what the symptoms were, what was going on. And that doctor kind of thinks that that person maybe had a coronavirus then. So oh it's, it, it's a lot of unknowns. There's a lot of things yeah. in the market. Well, Nick, we really appreciate it. Man, I, I agree because- with Nick. I think there's a lot more cases out there. Like people are saying potentially tens of thousands. I think Nick's right. I think it could be, you know, even a hundred thousand people that already have this thing. Like I think the bottom line is containment for this is probably out the window. Do you agree with that, Nick? I'm sorry. Like trying to contain bit. this thing. Oh, con- oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, and but they're still talking about how to contain it. I mean, this is kind of we're no. kind of past containment, in my opinion. No. Now it's no. a matter of just you know Control helping those people who get sick and not getting the the health services and the hospitals taxed too much. That we can obviously help those who get this. Yeah, that's why I don't wash my hands ever, so I can build the immune system to all the jobs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we joked about me. that. Th- just on a side note, I was joking about that with my wife, and I was like, you know what? If you get this, you probably want to get it early before everybody gets it. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe we should just go out and start licking, you know, st- handrails and subway. <laughs> we, we did those in the olden days. We did those in the olden days. Hey, I fear so-and-so has a chicken pox or whatever. Let's go. <laughs> they did do that. My, 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 my mother-in-law said the same thing. She's like, because you want to get all the kids getting chicken pox at the same time. Time, so when one gets it you bring them all in the same room so they all get the same time and they can get rid of it <laughs> yeah all right folks that was Crazy. great yeah right. nick thank all you right, fun thank you thank nick. you thanks a lot nick all right you uh, won't yeah. get this on cnbc folks oh you will some of it so we can't yeah, keep nick saying that. Nick and me and you all won't get me na- well maybe eventually yeah. <laughs> they don't all like the us same room CNBC. together uh, uh hey uh, can we talk about like the oil stocks here? I, I just, yeah. want, I mean, they're, they were all, at least last I checked, we're all rebounding here this morning uh, just with the rest of the market. But I want to talk about the move in some of these oil stocks just off of yesterday because it was pretty wild. Huge yeah. moves. I mean, the, the, the wicked moves. And look at this one, F-A-N-G, Diamondback Energy, which this was a Kramer favorite. And, you know, and just showing you how much this probably was one of the better performers held up very, very well. I mean, you think about how ugly energy stocks were in 2019, 2018. This one held up really well. You can forget about that. It's, you know, obviously gone now as, as being one of the better performers. It's just playing catch up here now. 90 at the beginning of the year, this is $95. 26 bucks yesterday for one of the supposed best in breed diamondback energy f-a-n-g unbelievable fall yesterday fell over 50 percent at one time getting a little bounce back here this morning up 13 percent. that looks like wow what a move up 13 percent. but when you put it in perspective it's getting back like a quarter of the losses i had from yesterday or less than that so 
these things are just ugly. And I mean, there's so many charts like, that look like this. You've got to think we're going to lose some of these companies. I don't know if Fang we're going to lose, but you start looking at the smaller ones like Apache, APA yesterday. That was down more than 50%. You just look at how many were falling 50% yesterday and you start thinking, can these companies survive at oil if it's $32 a barrel for a prolonged period of time? Probably not. So that, that's the concern. So you can come in here and say, wow, these things are cheap. They've been cheap the whole way down. They continue to get cheaper. Yes, it felt like a, a capitulation event, but some of these stocks, I don't know which ones, but some of these are going to go to zero. So you got to be careful just, just randomly coming in and buying, thinking, you know, how can I go wrong? This thing, APA was $40 a year and a half ago. It's nine bucks now. How can I go wrong? It might be one of those that don't survive. I don't know if it will be. Some of them that survive might be good buys here right now. But, you know, we talk about ExxonMobil and Chevron. With ExxonMobil, it's a 40 bucks. There's major problems in the entire sector. Right. And these weren't, these weren't great performers beforehand, right? But no. This is like beating up on, you know, kick them when they're down. You think about the oil move and, yeah, exactly. The oil stocks have been really beat up and, then they just fall another like 20, 30%, a lot of them. Some of them 50% yesterday. Incredible. Punishing the weak. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, you know, if, I mean, even when crude, you know, we had some momentary pops in crude. When did we go to 65 bucks when they uh, bombed that uh, Aramco facility? When the hell was that? That wasn't very long ago. That um, was the gift of all gifts. Oh, yeah. Holy, yep. when we went up that day. Let's look at the chart on that one, Joel. You can probably pinpoint it there. Uh, grab it spencer it gave it back quickly it's that little island top there back um it was january yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like the first week of the year wasn't it yeah and then it gave it all back the next day pretty much and then it just continued to leak that was the gift of all gifts yeah um and uh you know so if you play these things for a rebound or your targets or whatever uh take them long term i have actually i i haven't had any exposure to energy i i can't remember Maybe I own some preferred. I just have it indirectly in some of these yeah, Canadian mutual funds, and I wish I didn't have any. Yeah, um, but uh, I do have a you know for you crude traders here, uh, you got a nice setup. Yesterday was a perfect setup, uh, just because you settled in the middle of the range. But if you're looking for more juice on the upside here, uh, thirty-four eighty-eight. Uh, that was your high from yesterday, 34.60. That's your current high. So you get above 35 bucks, like, you know, clear that area, close above that area. You got, uh, you got some room to go on the upside. But uh, as of right now, double top, probably everyone that, um, you know, brought out, you know, that took, took the chance yesterday. I mean, we did go down to 27.34. And that took us back down to um, the uh, 2016 uh, lows. I think that 2016 low in February, we hit 26.05. And, um, you know, just another perspective here, you know, if you look at the monthly S&P chart, I mean, you know, if you just came in today and you like, you just all of a sudden you're new to the markets and you look at this monthly chart. Yeah. We had a big red candle in February. Then you had to, you know, we're working on a, a big red candle here, but in the overall perspective of markets, even since 2016, people are still sitting on a lot of gains. So, you know, keep your, you know, especially when the markets act like this, keep your eye on, you know, a time perspective. If you're hopping in here and buying the dip, there's people that bought the dip a long time ago and are longer from much lower positions than where you're taking your long. 
can can one of you explain to me why uh, the auto parts stores were all up yesterday? O'Reilly, that was I noticed that too. Yeah, O'Reilly AutoZone and Advanced Auto Parts. Uh, was there a headline in the sector? Because I had a trader uh, from Bright asking me the same thing, like why yeah. are all the auto parts suppliers up? And I took I gave it about you know two minutes of look, and I was like I don't know, yeah. and I was so busy it was hard to look, but I didn't really see a headline. Well, just pull up a map of the S&P 500, and it's all red with a, with a couple of uh, – And there's, there's nothing. Yeah, couple, you're right. A couple of exceptions, dollar stores you, you would expect. We talked about, talked about Clorox yesterday that got an upgrade. And then you see, you know, this little pocket of green, O'Reilly, AutoZone, and uh, Advanced Auto Parts. And I don't know. I don't know where they're up. Did anybody upgrade them today? To, today? Just uh, talking yesterday's map. Yeah. Oh, yesterday. Well – uh, well, they're buying it yesterday. They're going to upgrade it in a couple days. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, they've been beat up. Um, uh, Anne Marie Band, we love Anne Marie. She says, No one will buy new cars but service their own cars. You well, <laughs> when, when you go into a recession, <laughs> there's a good point to that. Yes, I guess. I mean, I, there, is a, there is a trade on that. So there is, a, it's a joke, but again, that's some truth to that. And I maybe she meant it seriously. There is some truth to that, but it's just like a day they were selling everything. I don't know if they're already thinking, oh, I better buy these auto parts suppliers because I'm going to be, you know, these old junkers we're going to be driving because we don't want to drive new cars. I'm not sure the market's thinking that far ahead yet, but there is a trade there for that. I've played that before. Full disclosure, I will never do anything on my car. I will probably make it worse if I tried to work on something on my car. I just take it into the shop. Okay. And Dennis, you drive your car into the ground. I know that. You still got that old F-150. Remember when uh, you bought that? F-150 is a 2018. Oh, the other one. Remember during the financial crisis? 2019 is my F-150. What was your old one? You bought one during the financial crisis. I've always had F-150s. I, I, I had I a to- 2009, yeah. I had the 2009. I traded it in in 20. Well, it's 2019. I drove it for eight years. Remember, last, I told you man. they were so cheap. Remember, they were just giving. I told you to buy two, and like scalp out of. They were one. giving them away during the financial crisis. <laughs> I uh, I had over eleven thousand dollars, and I paid cash for it. I got over eleven thousand dollars in discounts because of cash deal. They were just like <laughs> cooking for cash. So on my last F-150, it was like the sticker on it was like sixty thousand. I walked out like. It was like 40 something. It was just ridiculous. So, I mean, that's, you know, back during the financial crisis, this was when Ford was a dollar. I mean, remember that? They were giving a share of stock, weren't they? Yeah, they were giving a share of stock. You get a share of the stock for a (laughs) dollar. Wait, they were doing that? They did. Yeah, they were giving away stock if you bought like a a thousand shares of Ford stock or whatever, and it was trading at a buck. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They they were back in the financial crisis. What do you need a big truck for? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> all that stuff i buy at garage sales <laughs> okay <laughs> all right guys any any final thoughts heading into today um it, it's just a day to i think keep fading so i'm not chasing like if you're coming in here and like i said earlier on the show if you're coming in here and buying all your stocks now you're doing it backwards this market has given you ample opportunity on pullbacks i believe you will get another pullback here again you know, we were talking with Nick and you start thinking about the news flow um, and it, it, there's no fear where I'm at right now. I think eventually there's going to be fear. So I think the majority of places where you are right now, there's really not that much fear about this thing yet. And if it continues to spread and the deaths start to climb, like don't worry about the death rate, but just talk like what Nick said. If the absolute number of deaths continue to climb or starts to get in the triple digits and then the quadruple digits, that will spook a lot of people. 
So, and it's, you know, inevitable that, that those death numbers, the, the, the absolute numbers are going to continue to climb. It's not going to stop at 22. You know, like, if there's a million people that have it, and let's just say it only is the seasonal flu, you know, that's 0.1%. But like I said, I think it's probably fairly safe to say it's higher than the seasonal flu. I hope it's under one. I really hope it's under one. But even if it's 0.5, it's still five times more deadly. You start looking at that way, there's going to be a lot more people that die from this, unfortunately. That will spook the markets. That's why I hate to chase this market here. I don't think the bottom's in. Uh, let's see. Your pre-market high is 28.79. Would love another look at that. A um, couple numbers sticking out ahead of that. Your former low of the move at uh, 28.53.75. You got to give some significance to that. Above the pre-market high, I mean, it depends if you're a day, you know, day gap trader. There is a void in price going up to that low from Friday at 28.98. I have a weekly number at 3,000. So we get up there. I'll be, I'll be, I have one happy person, but I'll be, uh, I'll be laying out some shorts as well. All right. Thanks to our guest today, Nick Shaheen. And thanks to everyone in our chat rooms on YouTube and premarket.benzinga.com for uh, a free two-week trial and a subsequent discount to Benzinga Pro. Click on the link in the description of this video on YouTube. You can always rewatch the show on YouTube or catch the podcast of it on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or tune in. Shoot us an email, premarket at benzinga.com for any questions, comments, or concerns. Give us a call, 734-494-0246. And please remember that all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes only and not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your Tuesday. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.